Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Detroiter second episode this week covering motor sports in the Motor City in the Minton State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, and presented by The Second String. For all your vintage sportswear and streetwear needs, thesecondstring.com. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So I covered uh, the earlier episode this week, kind of talked about my hiatus, why it's been you know shaky with the uploads, had the sickness, fought through the sickness put the sickness in the submission. We're back. We're better than ever. We're talking sports. We're doing this twice a week. We've got like too much to talk about. I've realized, I mean, first things first, these topics that football season, I could go on about the lions, about MSU, about Michigan. I could go on talking about football, each team for like three hours. If I had to, I could just do it fucking forever. So keeping these teams and keeping it to like a, somewhat limited episode like i try to keep it around an hour it's fucking difficult i could talk about kenneth walker being the slipperiest man in america for fucking 45 minutes and then i gotta i gotta bring in jamie collins and the lions i gotta look forward to all three teams and their games this week it is a tall order coming on this mic with the intention of talking football and and putting a fucking time limit on myself that's like telling my Michelangelo when he was sculpting David, hey, buddy, you got to have this done by the end of the week. You can't put time constraints on masterpieces. You can't, when someone's doing what they love, you can't put a time limit on them. It's just unfair. It's unfair to the artist, and that's what I consider myself, the canvas being painted with my words of disappointment when it comes to the Lions or encouragement when it comes to the Spartans, whatever the case may be. Let's get into it, though. I'm very excited. So episode last week, um, or I mean not last week, earlier this week, pretty much just recounted where we're at, where we're at with the Lions, 0-2, obviously. I mean, massive disappointment. I don't know if you can even call it that because the expectation was disappointment. The expectation was to be fucking ass. So I don't know if you can call it a disappointment when the expectation was the floor to begin with. Um, and then on the flip side, Michigan, Michigan State exceeding expectations. Far better, I think, both teams. Not that anyone I don't, was necessarily expecting MSU to go 0-3 or Michigan to lose to a Northern Illinois or a Western. But I think both teams exceeding expectations. I think that's fair to say. I think anybody who says otherwise for either team is kind of – I mean, that's kind of crazy. I don't know if anybody was expecting Michigan to be 3-0 and to absolutely smash Washington in that primetime game. I know, I fucking know nobody expected Michigan State to be 3-0, and just embarrassing Northwestern at their field to open up the season, manhandling a ranked Miami team that was like coming into this season like, hey, why not us? They were a why not us team. They had Derrick King, Derrick King. I'm not sure how you say it. They had the transfer QB who's like, oh, this guy might be a Heisman type guy. They're going to score points in bunches. It's the U. Manny Diaz as his guys. Like, look out for Miami. MSU came in, punched them in the mouth, punched them in the mouth, dominated that game, pulled away from that game, left no doubt in anybody's mind that MSU's the real deal in that game. Listen, there's nobody on earth who expected what we've seen from Michigan State. 
the wins, just the record, even if they won each game by a point to just be three and oh, in general, nobody saw that coming. Nobody predicted that. But beyond that, like dominating Northwestern, who I was told, oh, they're a good team dominating Miami. Oh, there this look out, look out for Miami. Like they make may they might make a run at the ACC this year, dominating these teams winning by two, three touchdowns. You can't tell me there was anybody who expected stuff like that out of this team, Michigan, even smacking Washington. Like that wasn't even a game. That game started. Washington had the ball one time. I was sitting at home like, all right, so there's zero chance Washington wins this one dominating Western, a Western team who, mind you, just beat Georgia Tech, who, mind you, just gave Clemson a run for their money, dominating a Western team, dominating Northern Illinois with a quarterback who probably went into the big house like, fuck these guys up. We can beat them because guess what? He's done it before. He did it just last year, dominating them like removing their will to to play the game of football. I wouldn't be surprised if the Northern Illinois Huskies at practice Monday like had a couple guys just say, you know what, fuck this. I quit. I'm going to just – why am I at practice when we're never even going to beat a team like Michigan? I'm going to just go put down Keystone Lights with my buddies at their frat house instead. I'm out. Like dominating teams to that level where you probably got guys quitting the next week at practice. No one expected that. You can't tell me anybody did. So I'm ready to look forward. Big, big, big games, both Michigan and Michigan State this week. I mean, we'll talk a bit of Lions today. Nothing's really happened. The Jamie Collins news, I would say, is the only real news. Um, I guess the Lions, Motor City, Dan Campbell, they're shopping them. They watch the game tape, thank fucking God, from Green Bay. Monday realized, hold on, it's number eight guy. Doesn't really do anything, does he? He gets pushed off the ball, takes atrocious angles to the football. Um, most of the time he's moving backwards, which is crazy considering he's a linebacker and like the objective and, and the main priority of being a linebacker is to move towards the line of scrimmage to stop the run. This guy, for some reason, backpedaling 80% of the time. He doesn't cover Robert Tanyan. Uh, he doesn't cover people out of the backfield. He doesn't stop the run. What What's he doing? Exactly. Like we pay him money, like a lot of money, seven figures worth of money. What's he doing? Thank God. Thank God there is some type of willingness and some type of want to in the Lions front office that's like, wait a sec, we got a guy playing on our team that fucking sucks. We should probably try to do something about that. We should probably try to improve upon that. We should probably try to replace that. You have an absolute liability starting at maybe the most important position on the field at linebacker. And he's uh, he's terrible. You, you could be convinced Green Bay, like watching the film this week after Monday was like, whoa, man, imagine if the Lions didn't play Jamie Collins this week. Like that may have been a close game. That's probably what fucking A-Rodge and the boys are saying up at Lambeau this week. They're like, holy shit. Is Jamie Collins like, he knows we were the ones wearing, wearing green, right? He knows we're the ones in the yellow. The yellow helmets, right? This dude's like working in tandem with our offensive line to just get in people's way. To, to fucking chauffeur Aaron Jones into the end zone. Unbelievable. Like, how is this guy constantly 11 yards away from the football? 
How does the how is Alex Anzalone, who is another bum, who's a guy that's not known for his world breaking speed? He's not necessarily known for his unbelievable pursuit to the football and knack for being in on every play. How is a Alex Anzalone getting to the running back when the run is to Jamie Collins' side? How is Anzalone getting there before Jamie? And the play is being ran at Jamie. You got to make that make sense. Dan Campbell, they talked about it. Apparently, it didn't make sense. They couldn't make it make sense. Probably sat down with Jamie. Hey, Jamie, what's going on here? You're supposed to be like our guy. You're supposed to be the leader of the linebacking core. You fucking may as well be an extra blocker on half these run plays. What's going on? Jamie didn't have an answer. All right, fine. See ya. Pack up the bags. Get your ass out of Detroit. I love that for the Lions. I love just the fact that even if they get nothing for Jamie Count, if they get a third round pick, great. They get like a Nikhil Harry, Bill Belichick's just creaming his jeans over the thought of bringing Collins back. He tosses us a bone, get, get a Nikhil Harry, great. If they get a fucking bag of peanuts for this guy, great. Cut the fat off this shit sandwich. I am so tired of the number of players that are seemingly always on the Detroit Lions roster that I, I just can't l- like rationalize how they're even in the NFL and they're playing filling starting roles for the Lions and the Lions don't do shit about it. They, oh, all right, cool, fine. Oh, he's terrible? He's a practice squad guy? Okay, I don't care, whatever. Oh, we, c- we, have, we could sign any free agent on earth and it'd be an improvement? Ah, that sounds like too much work. Thank God that the Lions, for what feels like the first time in my life, are doing something, are actively like taking initiative to improve their fucking football team. Crazy thing for me to say. Crazy thing to be a 24-year-old fan and feel like this is the first time I've noticed the Lions make an adjustment after a game. The Lions watched a game, watched week two. They watched week one, they watched week two, and they said, wait, this guy's terrible. This dude is fucking awful. We got a replacement for him waiting in the wings, just sucking his thumb in Derek Barnes, a guy who was murdering people in the preseason, fucking shoving O-linemen into the backfield, making tackles, covering guys. Imagine that. Imagine a linebacker covering somebody. That, mind blown. This dude was covering guys, making plays. He was energetic. He was in the backfield. He's what, 22, 23? Yeah. Why don't we give him a chance? He seems to be interested in doing his job. He seems to be interested in helping the defense. Jamie Collins, I don't know if it's because he knows the lines are bad. He knows we're in a rebuild. He's kind of just like, fuck it. I'm mailing it in, collecting the paycheck and calling it. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's just like he's trying and he's bad. I don't really care what it is, to be honest with you. He can't do his job. He can't do what we need him to do, and it is costing the Lions so obviously and so majorly. Watching that Packers game Monday, my number one takeaway, I tweeted about Anzalone like 50 fucking times. My number one takeaway, and it's been a problem with the Lions for like four years now, the linebacking core is like, a col- it's like college kids. Like I'd rather have Joe Bocci and Antoine Simmons filling up the middle than whoever the fuck the Lions roll out there. It's week after week for four years since like Stephen Tullock and DeAndre Levy, honestly. 
week after week, the linebacking core just gets abused. They get the ball run on them. The other tight end, I don't care who it is that week, they look like fucking prime Gronk, right? The quarterback's like, all he's doing is looking at seam routes all day. He knows they can't cover anybody for four years, at least now. Finally, the Lions look at it. They go, wait a second. We got a guy who's just bad. We got a guy who's just costing us points. A a direct reason that we're losing games. All right, maybe we should fucking do something. Maybe we should address it. And they they have, or they're trying to at least. Jamie Collins on the trade block. Ship his ass to Timbuktu. I don't give a fuck where he goes. I don't care what you get for him. Obviously, a draft pick, that'd be awesome. Nikhil Harry, that'd be great. They give us a couple shoelaces, a couple bags of ice for the boys' ice baths. Fine, I'll take it. Send his ass out of here. We don't need that tired-ass mentality. These old veterans who don't give a fuck. Jamie Collins had his fun. He won with the Pats. He's made his money. He doesn't give a shit if the Lions win or the attitude in Detroit's locker room. Get that tired-ass mentality out of here. Even if his mentality's great, you stink at your job. Get his ass out of here. We have a potential replacement. Let's give the new guy who's going to be hungry, who's going to want the opportunity, who who will be doing everything in his power to prove himself, to prove to the lines that he is that guy. Let's give him the chance. And guess what the best part is? It can't possibly be fucking worse than it's been with Jamie Collins. Send his ass out of here. Give Derek Barnes a chance and let's see. Even if it doesn't work, even if Barnes stinks too, which I don't expect he will, I've Kind of high hopes for Derek Barnes, actually. No matter what happens, whatever the outcome is, I love that they are taking the initiative. I love that they identified a problem. They said, you know what? Linebacking situation stinks. I watched Jamie Collins run backwards every fucking play for 60 minutes last week. Let's let's do something. I love that they're doing something. And I don't know if it was Brad Holmes' decision Dan Campbell's decision, a tandem. I don't know how they, whatever, who the guy that was like, hey, we're going to fucking trade Jamie Collins. I don't care who it was. I'm just glad somebody's thinking. Somebody's hungry. Somebody wants to make improvements. Like just because it has to be a rebuild. Look at what Mel Tucker did at MSU. Just because it's a rebuild and we're going to be bad doesn't mean you got to wait three years to try and improve the roster. If you can improve the roster today, fucking improve the roster today. There, it's like there's the just because it's a rebuild, you don't need it to take years. You don't need to be overly loyal to veterans to establish the proper mentality. No, bring in the guys who are the best players and let's work. Let's try to win games. Let's try to instill a mentality of, hey, you're not good at your job. You're gone. I don't care what rebuild or we're winning games or losing games. I don't care. You're bad at what you do. We are going to send your ass anywhere. I love it. I absolutely love it. And yeah, they've said, oh, you know, it's not, you know, Jamie's been great. He's been professional. He's had a great attitude. We just want to get young guys like Derek Barnes more looks. Look, I don't fucking care what the Lions rationale is. They saw the same thing we did. They watched that game. They realized, holy shit, this dude's a liability. Something's got to give. We got to do something. We have a potential replacement just sitting there waiting for his opportunity. Let's do it. We got nothing to lose. What? It's going to get worse? What? What? You're going to give up? Aaron Jones had four touchdowns. What? You're going to give up five next week? Fucking who cares? Who cares? So I love that. I love the initiative by the Lions front office, by Dan Campbell, and I like how that they're transparent with it. I like that they just came out, hey, you know what? Jamie Collins, we're – 
We don't need them anymore. If you want them, give us a call. We'll trade them to you. I like it. Just fucking tell us what's going on. Fine. Jamie Collins not doing the job. All right. He's gone. Great. Love it. Love it. Love the line of thinking. Love the attitude. Love the action. I love it. It's not going to change the world. Uh, getting rid of Jimmy, Jamie Collins isn't going to turn this team into a playoff team, but it's the type of shit that wouldn't happen before. That, th- this, like the, fi- the fact the fact that they saw Jamie Collins underperforming and realized they have a potential fix for the problem and boom, they're acting on it. That's a culture change. That's the, that's how you change the culture. That's how you change how an organ organization operates and thinks you're not just waiting for no reason. You're not just leaving them in there because he's the veteran and fucking who cares? Uh, uh-uh. we have an opportunity to improve the team. We are going to improve the team. That's a culture change. That's shit that the Lions don't do. Week two, you had your chance, Jamie. Thanks for everything. Get the fuck out. I absolutely love it. All right, take a quick break. Um, I want to preview Michigan Rutgers this week. I want to preview Michigan State, Nebraska. Um, I, it's like, do I preview the Lions and the Ravens? We're going to get fucking smoked. What is there to preview? Lamar Jackson may have 400 yards on the ground. There's your preview, and we're going to lose by 30. <laughs> Boom. Lions, Ravens, previewed right there. Quick break. We'll do. Uh, we'll, we'll talk Michigan. We'll talk Michigan State. I'm excited. Big week. Big weekend for both teams. Big games. Uh, not necessarily like we don't have a Ohio State or Penn State, but big games. Like Nebraska, Rutgers, teams you got to take care of. If these teams are what people are starting to think they are, big test week. Big like. How for real are we? So quick break. We'll get into it. Let's start it off. Michigan hosting Rutgers. Rutgers 3-0. Michigan 3-0, obviously. We talked a little bit about Michigan, about their wins, about the fact that they've been obviously winning, but good God, they've been killing teams. And I know that's what Harbaugh does. That's one of my favorite Harbaugh things. He just murders bad teams, Western, Northern Illinois, just kills them, and then he plays a Wisconsin and they take an L. One of my favorite things about Jim Harbaugh is he th- – this is where it's interesting with Michigan because we've had this before. We've had this with Michigan teams before where you play the first few games against fucking MAC teams, against teams with like one four-star recruit on them. And Michigan's dominating. They're winning by 70 all of a sudden. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is this Michigan's year? Is this Michigan's year? They're killing everyone. And then they play the Wisconsin. And then they play Penn State. And then Michigan State comes to town. And it's like all of a sudden Michigan's 8-4. and four, And people are wondering if Harbaugh's the guy. It's a tale as old as time with Michigan. The question is, for the seventh year in a row, is this team going to be any different? And we'll see. We're going to find out the true answer. To that question, I mean, if they lose against Rutgers this weekend, you probably got a little bit of an answer there. But you're going to find out the true answer to that question when the Penn States of the world come to town, when they go to Wisconsin, when they come to East Lansing, Ohio State. That's when you're going to find out, obviously, for sure, whether or not they're the real deal. If they lose this week to Rutgers, probably going to have a tough time against those teams. But this is the first team where it's like, hey, if you are different, 
if year seven of Harbaugh, if year seven of Harbaugh is what it's taking, is the difference maker, it is the tipping point, you win this game. You win this game easily. Not easily, but like it's not an overtime fucking nail biter. It's you handle Rutgers because you're the better team. If this year is truly different, if this team is truly different. Now you look at Rutgers, 3-0. and um, they kind of were the blueprint in some ways. It felt like for the transfer era, for what Mel Tucker did with MSU this offseason, bringing in 20 transfers. Rutgers last year was bringing in guys from all over, from Wisconsin, from the SEC, from all over the place. They brought in, I want to say, double-digit kids. I remember they uh, state let off the season with Rutgers last year, and that was a big storyline was the quarterbacks, a new guy. They got like new wide receivers. DNs that are coming from different places and Rutgers, they beat state last year. Rutgers is like kind of fucking decent last year. They weren't world beaters. They didn't do shit to Ohio state. They're not winning the big 10, but they graduated. They went from doormat. We're going to kill this team to, all right, strap them up, fucking get the smelling salts. It's Saturday. We got to play Rutgers. You're not playing NFL guys, but like they'll beat you. You sleepwalk through the game. They'll beat your ass. They will. They graduated. Rutgers, for the longest time, has been nothing more than an absolute joke. Rutgers was a Big Ten tune-up game. They're the you get to play Eastern Mississippi during the Big Ten season. Uh-uh. No more with Rutgers. Rutgers now, you bring it. Bring it, dude. It's not going to be Penn State in a whiteout, but it's going to be like they're going to fucking try to beat you. They're going to probably score some points. They're going to make you punt it a few times. If you're sleepwalking, if you go in there, ha, Rutgers, we're going to kill these. You you may be walking away with an L. They're a lot better than they were even two years ago. They're 3-0 and right now. They murdered Temple week one. Good, I mean, like, that's good. Good to be expected. You should be murdering Temple. Little, little concerning. Week two, they, play, <laughs> they played Syracuse 17-7. to Eh. Syracuse, talk about a bad football program. Syracuse, you should be killing them, Rutgers. You should be killing them. You still got those transfers. It's year two of Greg Schiano. Like, if anything, Rutgers should just be improving year after year now. 17 to 7 against Syracuse, Rutgers? Ew, you should be killing them. And then last week, they murdered Delaware by 30. Pretty, pretty par for the course. Killed two, I don't know if Temple, what division they're in, Delaware, don't even know if they're an FBS team. Killed two nobody teams, kind of squeaked by a power five team, but a dog shit one at that. So Rutgers, looking at this, I haven't really watched them this year. Um, I've heard their offense isn't totally it. I think that's kind of predicated on that Syracuse game. I mean, anytime you play Syracuse and you're hanging 17, it's like, uh-oh, something's not right. Yeah, you should not be held to 17 by Syracuse unless it's a generational orange team, which I haven't heard anything about Syracuse this year. I haven't watched Rutgers at all. <laughs> I haven't watched them watched them since MSU opened up the season with them last year. I was impressed with them last year. I, that Vedral kid that played QB, I don't know if he's still their guy. I, he was impressive. He He could do some things. They played hard, like I said. Like, they were a team that would go in there. You want to sleepwalk? They'll fucking beat you. I think this is the first game for Michigan. Washington was a big one, no doubt. But this is a game where it's 
gut check time. Nut up or shut up. Rutgers isn't Penn State. Rutgers isn't the Wisconsin game they have in a couple weeks. Rutgers is a formidable opponent. Rutgers is going to go into the big house Saturday and think like, yeah, we're okay. It's Michigan. Who gives a fuck? We're going to beat these guys. That's going to be Rutgers attitude Saturday. Greg Schiano, fuck these guys. Rutgers, there's Rutgers kids on that team that got beat by 70 by Jim Harbaugh. They remember that. They remember how much fun Jim Harbaugh and those kids had clowning on him a couple of years ago. You don't think they want to go into the big house right when all these Michigan people are talking three and oh, uh-oh, we might be undefeated going into Michigan State. Oh, well, look out. You don't think those kids want to go in there and shut the mouths of every Michigan fan on earth? This is a big game that Rutgers is going to come into this game like, Let's fucking go. This is the Super Bowl. Chip on the shoulder. Going into the big house, Michigan's gaining steam. They're probably, I mean, they could be looking ahead. Michigan's got some big fish to fry down the road. They're probably a little bit looking out. Rutgers, eh, whatever. You don't think Rutgers wants this? Big game for Michigan. Big fucking game this week for Michigan. I think State's in a very similar boat where it's, it's not the big boys. It's not the heavyweights of the Big Ten but it's a team that can beat you. It's a team that to some extent, even though Rutgers is three and to some extent, it's kind of like a nothing to lose team. It's a team that they hear the noise. They're going to be made aware of the noise of, Oh, Michigan's three and Oh, Oh, Michigan runs the ball on anybody. Oh, Michigan's defense is this and that they're going to hear the noise. They know there's a little something starting to churn in Ann Arbor. They want to spoil that shit. They don't give a fuck that it's Michigan. They don't give a fuck about Jim Harbaugh. Big game, I think, for Michigan. I think Michigan wins. Um, I think they're just too much. The defense is good. They're going to run the football. Assuming Cade, I think the only way Michigan loses is if they have a freak turnover game. Like Cade craps his pants and throws three picks or they're just putting the ball on the ground every which way. Um, unless they get a big turnover game, I don't know how Michigan loses. They run the ball, they play defense, and Cade takes care of the ball. You put those together, and then you take into account the fact that Michigan's going to be better at every position across the board. I, I, I don't see how Michigan wins this game. I do think it's a good test, though. I do think it's a good test. Rutgers feels good. They had a nice bounce-back season last year, year two of Shiano. Rutgers is 3-0 and right now, too. Like the Rutgers is looking around the locker room like, dude, fuck it. Why not us? We haven't lost, right? Big game. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch. I think Michigan wins this one. Now you can officially start to go, all right. All right, now it's the heavyweights. Now let's see what they do against the heavyweights. Like they beat Rutgers, especially if they handle them. If Michigan went, if it's like 35-10 Michigan and it's like, oh man, that wasn't even like, you need, you need to bring them more than that. Then we can go, all right, let's see what Wisconsin brings next week. I'm excited. Take a quick break. We'll do uh, MSU. Michigan State. Big one. Big one. I do, I'll do. i say this. Between Michigan, Rutgers, and MSU, Nebraska, I think this is the bigger game of the two um, for a few different reasons. Obviously, State – like we said off the top, exceeding expectations. Nobody, nobody expecting them to be 3-0 and and just smashing teams while they're doing it, smashing Northwestern on the road to open the season where nobody knew what we were going to see. Nobody knew what this MSU team was going to look like, and they clown Northwestern on the road. 
murdered Youngstown at home. That's, you know, one of those you should murder Youngstown on their at home. And then going down to Miami this past weekend, a team that it's, oh, they can score in bunches. Oh, this quarterback could be a Heisman type guy. Oh, he's explosive. Oh, this offense, this. Oh, they're ranked. This might, Miami might make a run for the ACC. Just clowning them in their own place in a hundred degree heat. This team's from Michigan. It's already like 60 degrees here. They're going down in a hundred degree weather and humidity and just outworking Miami. Come on now. No one's expecting that. They got fucking Peyton Thorne, nine tutties, no turnovers, just calm as it gets, poised as can be. They got a Heisman contender in Kenneth Walker leading the country in rush yards, leading the country in yards after contact, Mr. Undefeated on the first tackle. No one expected that. Yeah, we had the transfers. Oh, we're going to see some new faces. I didn't know we were going to see fucking Barry Sanders reincarnated. I mean, my God, this is a huge game for State for a couple reasons. One, obviously Nebraska, anytime you play a Big Ten team, and this kind of goes with Rutgers as well, anytime you play a Big Ten team, like it's a game. It's a game. Anytime a Big Ten team comes comes to your place or you go there or whatever, there's never like, all right, we can just fucking mail it in this weekend and we'll be fine. Uh Uh-uh, not in the Big Ten. Not in the Big Ten, obviously. Shouldn't have that attitude for any game. But Nebraska, I don't care who they've lost to. I don't care that they haven't been relevant since the 90s. I don't care that their fans seem to think, like, people care about Nebraska. I don't know who outside of Nebraska fucking cares about Nebraska. I don't care about any of that. It's a Big Ten game. It's the Big Ten home opener. It's the first time in the Mel Tucker era where there's some expectation. People are going to show up to Spartan Stadium Saturday expecting a win. Like the narrative around this season, I think this is why it's such a huge game. This is going to be the first game this year where the narrative around this season and around this team is flipped. All offseason coming into this year, games one, two, three, it's been, all right, let's, let's look good. Let's play hard. Let's see some improvement and let the chips fall where they may. If they win some games, awesome. If they lose those games, all right, that's kind of what we expected. We're gearing up. We're cu- we're changing the culture. We're building towards next year. This is going to be the first game this year where it's people are going to show up Saturday. Yeah, they're going to. We want the guys to play hard. Yeah, we want to see improvement. Whatever. People are going to show up Saturday and say, MSU should win tonight. I expect Michigan State to win this game. That has not happened since Mark D'Antonio was coaching football here. That has not happened since Mark was the head coach. That hasn't happened at home. That hasn't happened on the road. Like unless you're playing a Youngstown State or one of those type teams, which they haven't. Youngstown is the only cake type game that they've played with Mel. There hasn't been a game where you go in and it's MSU should win today. The pressure's on MSU. MSU's are the team with with everything to lose. For the first time in the Mel Tucker era, that's how this game is Saturday. And it's the same for Michigan. Michigan's got more to lose Saturday as well. But Michigan's been there before. Harbaugh's been there before. Harbaugh's used to games like that. Rutgers, chip on the shoulder. It's their Super Bowl. Fuck Michigan, whatever. Harbaugh's coached in that game 50 times by now. Mel Tucker hasn't been that guy. Mel Tucker's only been the, we've got nothing to lose. Nobody's picking Michigan State. Everyone's saying Miami's going to score 40 on us. 
no one's picking Michigan State. Mel Tucker hasn't been in the game where it's Michigan State 3-0. and They dismantled Miami, dismantled Northwestern. Nebraska fucking lost to the worst Illinois team I've seen in my life. Michigan State should win this game. Michigan State should win this game easily. Michigan State is 3-0. and They should have their eye on the 7-0 and prize going into Michigan. Mel Tucker hasn't coached this game. Michigan State fans haven't been in a game like this in a long time. It's at night, 7 p.m. kick at Spartan Stadium. It's a stripe the stadium game. The crowd, I expect to be rowdy. I expect to be angsty. I expect, like I said, a crowd that is going to go there to show up to East Lansing and expect to see a little bit of an ass whooping. I mean, we're we're fucking handling Northwestern and Miami on the road. Brother, Northwestern lost to Illinois. Illinois sucks. Illinois sucks. Yeah, they killed Fordham. Yeah, they beat Buffalo. Yeah, they hung tight with Oklahoma last week. Oklahoma. I, I'm never sold on Oklahoma. Yeah, that's impressive. They lost by a touchdown to Oklahoma. I mean, I would have I would have said before that game, no, Nebraska is going to get killed because why wouldn't I? They lost to fucking Illinois, who sucks. Scott Frost is on his last legs. He's supposed to be the guy. <laughs> They're two and two. They're losing games to Illinois, who's terrible. They're going to want to win this game. They just had a big emotional letdown against Oklahoma last week. They were in the game, didn't get it, get, you know, didn't have enough in the tank. Now they're coming to Michigan State and similar to Rutgers. You, you're crazy if the Nebraska, if you don't think the Nebraska locker room's reading, oh, Kenneth Walker Heisman, oh, Michigan State exceeding expectations. Oh, can Michigan State go into the Michigan game 7-0? and Oh, Michigan undefeated, Michigan State undefeated in the top 25. Who saw that coming in year two for Mel Tucker? If you don't think they're reading that and hearing that and seeing that, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. North Nebraska is going to come in. With that same mentality, Rutgers is going to have. They're going to say, all right, fine, we're 2-2. Two and two. This season's probably already a wash. We're not winning shit of relevance. But guess what? We can be the spoiler. Michigan State's riding high. Michigan State's undefeated. They didn't think they'd be here. Their fans didn't think they'd be here. They're packing the stadium because they want to see this undefeated team handle us. Fuck that. That's the attitude Nebraska's about to come in with. Michigan State hasn't been the team that has something to lose in a very long time. And I think that can play a factor. I think that is what makes it a big game. Mel Tucker, all you see on Twitter is Mel Tucker striped the stadium. I want to see you pack the woodshed. He's talking about how he wants it to be just a nutty house, a nut house at Spartan Stadium on Saturday. And I love it. I want it to be crazy too. I want those stripes to be as clear as day, green, white, green, white. I want that place to be buzzing, absolutely buzzing, and I think it will be. I think the entire city of East Lansing is going to be a shit show Saturday. I think, obviously, couldn't tailgate, do whatever last year. I think this Saturday, East Lansing is going to be more just, like it's going to feel like something fucking big's happening more than it's felt since like the 2017 season. I honestly feel that way. I think if you're in East Lansing this Saturday, you are going to have a feeling, whether it's the tailgates, walking through campus at the bars, just the attitude in the air, the number of people that are going to be there, the energy in the air, the attitude of the fans. Like people are going to be walking around like states the fucking the shit again. 
State hasn't been the shit for like five years, six years. People are going to be walking around Saturday like, Nebraska. We're 3-0. and We just smacked Miami. Like, Nebraska? They lost Illinois, didn't they? Like, we got bigger fish to fry. That's going to be the attitude. And no buttholes pucker faster than fans of a team with something to lose. That is the only thing that makes me nervous Saturday. First thing, like, something goes Nebraska's way. Nebraska opens the game. Let's say they drive down the field, 7 nothing. Nebraska. Assholes are going to tighten faster than anything you've ever seen in that stadium. Right off the bat, it's going to go from excitement and let's do this thing to like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted. Like, that's what makes me nervous. That's why I think it's a big game. Again, same deal as Michigan. Like, this isn't Penn State. This isn't the Michigan game. This isn't Ohio State. I agree. I get all that. This is big time program, big time name brand, right? Even if they are two and two and haven't been relevant since before I was alive, right? Big time name brand, big 10 game, home opener, night game. We're pumping all the gas into making it a crazy atmosphere. Stripe the stadium, (gasps) 7 PM start. Mel Tucker's making Twitter videos every day telling you to go to the game the fans, the tailgate atmosphere in East Lansing. We haven't had a team with this much promise and since 2017, since that 10 and three year, we haven't had a team where it's like, holy shit, are we good? In a long fucking time, fans have been chomping at the bit. We've got a Heisman contender in the backfield. Like it's going to be a different feeling in East Lansing. And when you get when you create expectations, when you're the team that's got something to lose, when you are the team that not saying they will be, but you're looking ahead like, oh shit, we might, like we could be six and one, seven and zero, oh, going into that Michigan game. Like you start thinking about that, that's when you get into trouble. That's when you get into spots where it's like, oh shit, Nebraska is off to a good st- like first quarter. We're losing at the end of the first quarter. People are gonna start to murmur, and it's not gonna be fucking high five, and it's gonna be, oh my god, dude, what is going? We're this is Nebraska. They lost to fucking Illinois. It's, I'm a little nervous. I'll be honest with you. I think state should win the game. I think state will win the game. I think for a few reasons. One, Nebraska is fucking terrible. They lost to Illinois. I watched Illinois play Maryland this week or last week. Illinois sucks. Nebraska lost to that team. Two, um, Adrian Martinez, that dude just isn't good. Their QB, I swear to God, he's been there forever. You know, he just never gets better. He just isn't good. Um, three, I think Mel is going to do a good job of keeping everybody's head level. I know we're three and zero. Like he feels it too. Mel's a smart guy. He's been around programs where every week they're the team with something to lose. He was at Georgia. He was at Alabama. Mel Tucker, I think, will do a good job of like getting the guys to understand, like, hey. Yeah, we're 3-0. Yeah, like this has been going better than we expected. Yeah, the fans are fucking juice talking about 7-0 going into Michigan. Yeah. But let's not fucking forget where we were three weeks ago. We were picked to be one of the worst teams in America, the worst team in the Big Ten East three weeks ago. I think he's going to do a good job of like, you're still an underdog, like instilling that. I know it's been a good three weeks, but three weeks ago, you guys were supposed to be the bottom of the barrel. So just because you're 3-0 and now and things are going pretty well and Kenneth Walker's running all over everyone, you're not fucking Alabama. 
go out there, treat this like any other game. We got to win one week at a time. I don't care what happened last week. I don't care who we play next week. We got to win one week at a time. Do your job. Remember where you fucking came from. Like, remember how you got to being 3-0, to being favored, to flipping the narrative on the season. Do your job. Let's take care of business. I don't give a fuck if we're playing Nebraska. I don't care if it's Oakland University. I don't care if it's Alabama. Do your job. I think MSU wins this game. I think they move to 4-0. I think they smash Western Kentucky the next week. I think it goes well. I think the stadium's going to be juiced. I think it's going to be loud. I don't think there'll be an open seat. I think the stripes on the stadium are going to be so clearly defined it makes you blind if you don't like green and white. I think it's going to be a special day in East Lansing. Um, And MSU, I think, will win. They're the better team. They have the better players. Give me Mel Tucker over Scott Frost. Give me our defense. Give me our running back. Give me Peyton Thorne. I think MSU wins the game, but it is a big one. It's a bigger game than just, oh, two and two Nebraska against three and oh Michigan State. It's a bigger game than that because this is the game. If State wins Saturday, even though you could argue the Miami game did this, if State wins at home Saturday, where all of a sudden the pressure's on a bit, obviously. This isn't Michigan, Michigan State. But it, the pressure's on a bit. People are expecting you to win. People not only expecting you to win, people are going in here with like that attitude. At least I am. Like Nebraska fucking stinks. Like, yeah, win, but it should be uh like easy win. Like you should manhandle this team. That's why it's a big game. I'm excited to see how state comes out and handles it. I think they win the game. I think they move to four and oh. But big game this week. Bigger game than just Nebraska, Michigan State. I can't wait to see the stadium. I can't wait to watch how State plays. I can't. I'm going to try to go to the game. I'm going to try to be in East Lansing Saturday. I, if I'm in East Lansing, I'll be going to the game. I'm hoping the atmosphere is just buzzing. I'm hoping by like 5 p.m. If you're within 10 miles of the stadium, you're just like, whoa, whoa, uh oh, something big's happening. Something's happening in East Lansing. I'm hoping that's the feeling in the air. I can't wait. I can't wait. If they move to four and zero. That place is packed Saturday. This thing, the the hype train, like whatever you want to call it, whatever you think it's at right now, the the energy and the excitement behind the program, they go out, they handle business, night games, stripe stadium, packed house. Woo, things are about to take off. Things are going to take off if state takes care of business, and I think they will. All right. Um I don't know. Like, do I cover, do I preview Lions Ravens? Like, what is there to talk about? We're going to get fucking smashed. Lamar Jackson, did you see what he just did to the Chiefs? Did you watch that game? Did you see what Aaron Jones just did to the Lions? Did you see what the Niners did the week before that? The Lions are going to get smashed. I don't care. Like, there's nothing to say. You could have God playing quarterback. Like, all these people. The one thing that's bothered me with the Lions so far, don't get me wrong, Jared Goff isn't fucking break it. Like, he's not changing your organization. He's not the definitive answer. He's not the guy. Yeah, I agree. I get that for sure. All these people giving Jared Goff a hard time, like, oh, we're never going to win anything with him. Yeah, no shit. You know what you're else you're not going to win anything with? A defense that can't stop a fucking nosebleed. I don't care who your quarterback is. If you're giving up 35-plus every week, you're you're going to win two games, three games, tops. 
Like, that's just a fact. Defense wins championships. You ever play Madden 08 or whatever, the one with Ray Lewis, where he comes over the air and he's like, defense wins championships? You know what doesn't win championships? Letting Aaron Jones run for four touchdowns on you. That doesn't win championships. I don't care if your QB's Jared Goff. I don't care if your QB's fucking Pat Mahomes. I don't care if it's Joe Montana. I don't care if it's God himself. You don't win games. You don't win championships giving up 35-plus every single week. That is the one thing that's bothered me. I know Goff's not the best. He had some real nice throws against Green Bay. Throw to Cephas, dime. Throw to Hawk in the end zone, dime. Like, he made a few nice plays. Sure, he had no one around him, and the offensive line was putting in work for those throws. Sure. But, hey, they gave him a clean pocket, and he did his job. He made throws. He made throws he was supposed to make. He probably made a couple throws against Green Bay he's not supposed to make. That hawk throw I watched, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jared Goff, I know he looks great in the varsity jacket. He's got that in his bag? Woo, doggies. I didn't know he could do that. Yeah, and then he'll come back and on fourth and one, when he's got two guys wide open in front of his face, throw it to a covered receiver 20 yards at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, he'll do that. Jared Goff's not the problem with this team. doesn't matter if we're playing the Ravens, the Niners, Green Bay. doesn't matter. Jared Goff's not the problem. You can't expect to do anything of value if your defense is going to give up 35. You could put Pat Mahomes under center for the Lions this year. He'd struggle to win five games. He doesn't play defense. Pat Mahomes can put up 35, but when you're giving up 42, it doesn't matter. That's just simple as I can put it. What am I going to preview about the Ravens? Lamar Jackson is going to run for 200 yards. I'd be surprised if they punted more than, I don't know, once, twice. Like if we punt, if if the Lions force the Ravens to punt over three times, that's a win for the defense. That's like the best game the defense is going to play all year. Don't think it'll happen. I think they're going to put up probably in the 40s. Probably 42, 35 to 42, I would say, is like the minimum. Lamar Jackson is going to run. Anytime there's a third and like less than 15, by by the grace of God, if the Lions somehow figure out figure it out enough to cover the wide receivers that are down the field, who's going to stop Lamar? All right, they're all covered. The one time, the one time today on a third down, my receivers are covered. Okay. I'm going to just run it eight yards, first down. That's it. Boom. That's it. Every fucking time. No one's going to stop it. You don't have the linebackers. You don't have the pass rush. You don't have the second there. He won't even need to run it because Mark Andrews is going to be wide fucking open in the middle of the field. On the off chance, he's somehow covered. Who's stopping Lamar Jackson? Nobody. I mean, this is a hopeless game for the Lions. The only thing I think you can hope for, the only thing you can go into the game like with an interest in, you want to see the offensive line, I would say, continue to excel, keep run blocking, um, keep giving Jared Goff time, keep seeing Penny Sewell dominate as a 20-year-old. Outside of that, I don't like get like give the hawk the ball some more. Let DeAndre Swift run it, like give him some holes. Maybe he jumps over another guy. That's pretty much fucking it, though. I mean, the Lions will score like what they did against the Packers. Score like 17, 21. Defense will give up 42, and that'll be that. And that'll be that. And that's going to be the story of the next 14 games this year. I don't, yeah, it's just the way it fucking is this year. 
I can't preview. Like, what do I preview? Oh yeah. Lamar Jackson's going to absolutely murder us. And Jared Goff may throw a touchdown or two. He doesn't have a fighting chance in hell. I don't care if the offensive line, that's the other thing. I don't care if the offensive line doesn't let a defender within five feet of Goff all day. I don't care if the offensive line gets moved back or they don't get moved back off the line of scrimmage one time all day. Like everything can go perfectly as far as the O-line's concerned. Every time we run it, there's a hole. Every time we drop back to pass, Goff's just chilling. You're still not going to come close to keeping up with the Ravens. You just won't. If you give Jared Goff a clean pocket every single time he throws it Sunday, you're still putting up 21 max. And Lamar's putting up 40. I don't know. I just You got to just watch and hope to see Hawkinson keep improving, Swift, Goff be all right, I guess, and the offensive line. Other than that, you got a defense that can't stop anybody. What's the fucking point? That's where I'm at. So we'll see. should be fun to watch Lamar Jackson. I'm going to the game. I'm excited to see what he looks like in real life. <laughs> but I don't – I mean, what's, what's there to say about the Lions? What, are we going to shut down Lamar Jackson? But this defense? This defense couldn't shut down the Pop Warner team that practices at the park down the street. You're going to shut down Lamar Jackson. No fucking shot. All right. That's all I got this week. Hope everybody had a great week. Hope you have a good weekend. See you in East Lansing, maybe. See you at Ford Field Sunday, maybe. Get loud if you're going to East Lansing. Please stripe the stadium. Don't be a lame. Stripe the stadium. Wear green or white. Figure it out. It's that. It's like the most easy thing in the world. Um, I'm excited. Big weekend college-wise. Michigan, I'm excited to watch. Got Michigan Rutgers over 50, by the way. Lock that in. And Michigan State, huge game. First like marquee game at Spartan Stadium of the Mel Tucker era. Michigan State minus five, by the way. I got them in that as well. Exciting weekend for the college teams. Not so much for the pro team, but football's football. Um, as always, at Nick Second String on Twitter, at the Detroiter on Instagram, at the Detroiter pretty much everywhere. I uh, hope everybody had a phenomenal week. Hope you enjoyed listening. Hope you're excited for some football this weekend. Hope you got plans. And I will talk to you guys next week.